the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, May the 11th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on May 11, 1935, the Rural Electrification Administration was created by one of the most far-left, liberal, progressive, so-called presidents until Joe Biden, Franklin D. Roosevelt, one of his New Deal programs. You know, it's interesting that during those years, the far left, the progressive, and Roosevelt was, they thought in terms of uh, structure and our national structure and so on as being um, roads and bridges and like electricity and those kinds of things, water, where people didn't have running water. Today, this progressive president, he thinks that progress and infrastructure has to do with providing free babysitting for people who would rather work than raise their own children or have to work in many cases. It's interesting how things have shifted in just a generation or two. Today in 1792, the Columbia River was discovered by Captain Robert Gray. Today in 1858, the Minnesota became the 32nd state of the Union. Today in 1947, B.F. Goodridge Company, Akron, Ohio, they announced the development of a tubeless tire. How many of you are old enough to remember when tires weren't tubeless and you could take those inner tubes and you could blow them up and you could sit in them and float down the river? like the Yakima River. Today in 1960, Israeli agents captured Nazi war criminal Adolf Eichmann. He was hiding out in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Today in 1973, the espionage trial of Daniel Ellsberg and Anthony Russo was referred to as the Pentagon Papers. That case came to an end. Judge William Byrne dismissed all charges. The reason, he said, was government misconduct. Today in 1998, a French mint produced the first coins of Europe's single currency, the euro. And five years ago today, CBS veteran Morley Safer, he was on 60 Minutes for years, correspondent. In fact, he was on there all but two of the magazine's 48-year history. He announced his retirement. Eight days later, he died. The moral, don't retire too early. One year ago today, Twitter announced that it would be adding a warning label to tweets containing disputed or misleading information about the coronavirus. And then things really went downhill after that, and they started putting warning uh, banners on everything they disagree with, whether it's true or not. And here we are today in a very confused society. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, the Bible says, He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength 
shall no man prevail. Today is a good day to remember that it is not by might or by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 61, For thou hast been a shelter for me, and a strong tower from the enemy. The Bible speaks to us today, because we live in perilous times. Overnight, Hamas was firing missiles toward Jerusalem. Hundreds were injured in the Temple Mount riot. A riot took place. Islamic uh, militant group Hamas launched rockets at Jerusalem yesterday. Hundreds of rioters were injured at the Temple Mount in clashes with Israeli police. The Palestinians are claiming that when Israel responded, as they always do with airstrikes on the Gaza Strip, that about a dozen people were killed, including nine children. Over a hundred were injured. The press is in the process, as we speak this morning, of vilifying Jerusalem for killing people in the Gaza Strip with their bombs, with their rockets. And they're saying very little about why Israel responded. That is the way it always goes. Israel never gets the better side of a news story. It's always intended, except in very conservative news organizations, to undermine Israel. But I will tell you one thing. If you are an enemy of Israel, I would say don't mess with Israel. They always respond. They may have their issues, and they do politically, but I will tell you they are not caught up in this political nonsense, this political correctness and wokeness that's going on here in America. Bellevue police are preparing for a, uh, yeah, that Bellevue. <laughs> they're, they're preparing for a possible civil unrest this afternoon and this evening. The whole thing is around the Como News is all over this this morning out of Seattle. And Bellevue is kind of gearing up for something. They, it happened last summer, and they're, the police are afraid it's going to happen again today in Bellevue. But um, the protesters uh, have been, uh, there's been a lot of chatter on the, on the Internet overnight. But the whole thing kind of uh, launched, it'll become many things, but the whole thing kind of launched over this dinner that the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, which is Franklin Graham now, he's the president of his father's Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, as well as the the organization that Franklin has been running for a number of years, uh, Samaritan's Purse. But anyway, he he decided to be um, uh, he decided to be nice and to hold these appreciation dinners for police around the country. It wasn't just here, but it was other places as well. And I don't know where all of them are, but I I know this was planned. And so it was it, it's it's nothing more than a dinner sponsored by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association to say thank you in a biblical way because the Bible really outlines um, law enforcement and so on in, in our culture in, in Romans chapter 13 and, and other uh, verses. So it was intended to just say thank you. So when that became public, it's been a couple of months ago or so, uh, it just blew up because everybody had a reason not to support Franklin Graham, of course. Didn't care if it was a free you know, meal 
to say thank you to the police or not. So anyway, it, it's it's evolved now to where there's going to be riots and all this kind of thing going on. And it's not going to be just in Bellevue. It's going to be in Seattle. It's going to be in other cities because, well, there's very, there's several reasons. But this and, Andrew uh, Popachoff, the Bellevue mayor, he says our goal is to prevent lawlessness. But by some of the policies that they follow, they're creating lawlessness and they're even affirming it sometimes by their silence and lack of, of reaction i will say for bellevue they have reacted and they did last summer but the social media posts and the tips and the online chatter it got the attention of the of the bellevue police one of the collection of images that was posted online calls for protesters to move into bellevue on tuesday night that's tonight and um one i i was reading some of the twitter uh, messages this morning. One of them says, block up Bellevue. And another one said, no peace police. One said, bring posters, eggs, chalk, whatever. These are uh, the concerns that the mayor has, and I'm certainly going to understand that. But this, the whole thing exploded when they found out that it became public that the Graham Evangelical Group was um, giving this appreciation dinner. Uh, last month, it had been four or five weeks ago. and um, But initially, when this became public, the Seattle City Council president, this Lorena Gonzalez, who she wants to be the next mayor of Seattle. Uh, Jenny Durkin is not running. She's done at, at the end of this term. So Lorena Gonzalez immediately began questioning, uh, well, why are they doing this dinner for police? And she began insisting that participating in the dinner, if the Seattle police would, and they were invited, would participate in this appreciation dinner, which is tonight in, in Bellevue, um, it would erode the culture. And besides, the police would be putting their endorsement on an anti-LGBTQ group and it would it further erode public trust in the Seattle Police Department? So Franklin Graham, Billy Graham Association is now defined by the woman who wants, who she's president of the city council now, but she wants to be the next mayor. So Graham, the Graham family and their decades of ministry is now defined by her as an anti-LGBTQ group. That's how narrow and simple-minded some of these politicians are that call themselves progressives, I will tell you. We'll see what happens, but anyway, that's a little bit of what's happening in Bellevue as we speak, or about to happen in Bellevue. Interesting, very interesting. Canadian pastor Arthur Pulaski was... He kicked pe people out of his church when they tried to shut him down on Easter weekend. He was arrested Sunday, yes, day before yesterday, for holding an illegal in-person gathering. He was pulled over by several police cars, a SWAT team, after leaving the Sunday worship service just day before yesterday. The pastor and his brother were handcuffed in the middle of the road. It looks like a freeway from the pictures I've seen, but at least it's a big boulevard. They were hauled away to jail. In a statement, the Calgary police 
said the arrest was lawfully enforced and they had a court order to arrest the two men following the church service. No, this didn't happen in the United States, but it happened only steps away. And it's chilling. And it reminds me of my experience in the old Soviet-dominated Poland. I want to come back to that in a moment. This isn't about me. This program never is about me. It's about the Lord, His Word, the Bible, and all of us looking through the lens of God's Word at what's happening in our culture. But this whole episode in Calgary is chilling, to say the least, and it should be. And we should be informed because there's a lesson in this for all of us. And I think this could be the proverbial trumpet that's sounding a warning. After leaving church on Sunday, Pastor Arter Pulowski and his brother David Pulowski were pulled over, at least five police cars, a SWAT team. Illegal in-person gathering as per COVID-19 limits set by a new court order is the charge. That's a quote. The arrest took place on a freeway, as I said. I wrote an article on this today at faithandfreedom.us, our website. In that is a video. It Somebody took the video. I think it was on a police car. Maybe it was on someone else. I'm not sure who took the video, but it's it's very clear and it's very telling. And I included that video in the article that I wrote about this subject. This was not the first time that the police had attempted to shut down this pastor and his church. On Easter weekend, police appeared in the church during their worship service. They just came right in. There were about five or six of them. They came right in, and their intent was to shut down the service. This was on Easter weekend, just a couple of weeks ago or so. The pastor confronted the police. He told them on video, someone in the church was taking a video of it, He told them to stop acting like Gestapo and told them that if they didn't have a warrant, to leave. They backed down reluctantly, and they all went out the door of the church. It was a pretty dramatic video. I talked a little bit about it on this program uh, the day after, after Easter. Fox News interviewed the pastor the following week, and the interview I have also included in this article that I wrote this morning, that's published, it goes out, it's called Faith and Freedom Daily. It's We've been publishing the article since 2004. It goes out to about, I don't know, 40 countries and across the country. It's widely read. I, I'm humbled by it. Um, but anyway, Fox News, I included that in this article today, uh, the interview. It's it's about seven minutes long, but I would encourage you to take a look at that today if you have if you have time or if you can remember to do so. But the question that comes to me today is how much power over religious freedom should the state, any state, Canada, the U.S., China, how much power over religious freedom should the state have, should it be given, even when it has to do with COVID-19 regulations, as the police are saying in their official report? Well, Thomas, Thomas Jefferson said that The state shouldn't be given any power over the church. He did. In his letter to the Danbury Baptist, he assured the church that he and the other founders of this nation had created a kind of like a wall of separation, he called it, so that the state could not meddle in the affairs of the church. 
The wall of protection in the United States has now been inverted and is being used to restrict the church and control its activities. We all know this, and we're seeing this. And for a while, a lot of churches have been going along with this. Oh, it's for the greater good. Yeah, that's what Karl Marx said as well. We know where that went. But this incident is in Canada, Gary, not the U.S. That's right. But we should feel the chill. I'll bet if you live in Blaine, Washington, I'll bet you don't feel very far from Canada or any other city or town across our northern border. Canada is not a third world country. We all know that. It's not on the other side of the world. As I said, people living in Blaine and other border cities are very aware of just how close Canada is geographically and culturally. It's literally steps away. I'll come back to the idea of being steps away in just a moment. The Calgary Police Service claimed that the law enforcement recognizes people's desire to participate in faith-based gatherings. Well, that's nice. As well as their right to protest. But they said it is seeking this is the police department of Calgary, to ensure everyone's safety and well-being. Is a perceived common good more important than religious freedom in a free society? In this case, it is. In many cases in the United States recently, it is. That's something we need to weigh very carefully. No, I don't think religious people should be given freedom in the sense of just running wild and doing crazy things that harm other people? No, I don't. But where is that balance? That's why our founding fathers said the Constitution isn't going to work for a secular society. John Adams and others referred to that, said the, the Constitution was written only for a moral, a virtuous society. They were talking about morality based on the Bible. That's the issue. The legal order the police were acting on says, quote, This order imposes new restrictions on organizers of protests and demonstrations requiring compliance with public health orders, including masking, physical distancing, and attendance limits. That's the church. With certainty, we can assume the police are not approaching peaceful demonstrations, as they like to call them, with the same sense of urgency in Canada or the United States or Bellevue, tonight. These people were worshiping God. They weren't breaking and burning things that didn't belong to them. My point here is not primarily about the so-called science that's supposedly leading these kinds of laws. <laughs> that's a joke in many cases. But the willingness to be heavy-handed on religion and the reluctance to be heavy-handed toward demonstrators who actually are a threat to the public in their breaking, looting, and burning cities across the world. The police statement says the Pulaski brothers have been both have both been arrested and charged with organizing an illegal in-person gathering, including requesting, inciting, and inviting others to an attend to attend an illegal public gathering, promoting and attending an illegal gathering. That's their words. That's why they arrested these two pastors, these brothers, on Sunday. What they're saying is they're arresting these pastors because they incited people to go to church. Let me talk to you a little bit about a step away. Pastor Arter Pulowski was born on March 28, 1973 in Poland. 
He was born and raised there until he was 16 years old. When he was 16, his parents fled Poland in the death grip of Soviet communism that was then choking the life out of the country and its people. His father took the family, moved to Greece. Then in 1995, they immigrated to Canada where they became citizens. And this young man became a citizen on February 2nd, 2004. My first trip to Poland was in 1974, a year after Artur Polowski was born in the same country. My close friend and longtime soloist on the Haven of Rest radio program, you probably remember the Haven of Rest. The soloist was the late now. He's passed away. He's with the Lord. Truett Ford. He and I were very close friends, very close. He and his wife and my wife and I. We met up with another close friend of mine from Seattle, actually from Woodenville, whose family had also left Poland and legally immigrated to the United States and had become citizens. Truett and I hooked up with him in Poland and his family, a couple of his family members. I was scheduled to speak around the country. Truett, of course, was singing at the meetings where I was speaking. Our first service, 1974 was my first visit. I was back after that, but this was the first visit. Our first service was in Warsaw, First Baptist Church. It was the biggest church in town, Protestant church. The pastors I was working with were from a number of different denominations. They told me to expect the president of Gestapo types in our services, but not to be surprised when they sat on the front pew with tape recorders. They said, it will happen, Gary. Just trust us. Don't let it throw you. Don't let it bother you. That night, the church was full. It was packed. thousand more, standing room only, people standing around the back. So was the front pew. Gestapo always do what they were created to do. They showed up. They didn't disappoint. There they were. Yes, they had a recorder. My pastor friends had also told me that if I preached about the biblical teaching on the judgment of nations, I could expect to be arrested. But because I was from the United States, I could expect to be released in a day or two and it wouldn't be a big deal well that was a big deal to old Gary because I didn't live there but I hadn't planned to preach on judgment of nations anyway so that wasn't an issue that wasn't why it was there the next day we were in Krakow Poland while Truett and I were walking taking a walk down the street there in the afternoon I saw someone across the street who looked familiar no, they weren't from Los Angeles or our church in North Hollywood. They had actually attended the service the previous evening. Oh, yeah, I recognized them. So did Druid. All three of them. They had been on the front pew the night before in Warsaw. Now they were in Krakow, a long ways away. There they were, following us on the street. The same guys had on the same shirt, actually. They were in church that night. They were in church every night except for one. That night, that one night, we were taken to an old, mostly abandoned warehouse district in the city, Krakow. And stuff is old there. A couple of cars were parked in the general area. Otherwise, it was deserted, seemingly. As we walked up the creaky staircase to the second floor, I honestly wondered if, I wonder if we should even be here. <laughs> But I trusted the men of God that we were with. They were pastors and godly people. As we entered, as we entered a large room with no chairs or seating, people were standing. There were close to 2,000 people 
in this abandoned warehouse, standing quietly, gathered to worship God. It was then that the pastors told me, they said, Gary, we waited till now to tell you, but we want you to know this is an unannounced, illegal church service. I said, great. <laughs> I said, how do these, if it's unannounced, how do these people know that they should be here? He said, we pray and seek God and people know. I didn't ask any more questions. In the spirit of that, I knew what they were saying. The pastors told me, they said, Gary, just open your heart. Tell these people anything you want to tell. There will probably not be any Gestapo types in this place. There could be, but there probably won't be. Because they don't know. They don't have a heart toward God and toward his leading of his Holy Spirit. I remember that experience as though it were yesterday. I could tell you a lot of experiences of that. what happened in that service. I don't have time to do that. But I want to tell you this. It was profound. All those years ago, it seems to me as I'm speaking to you right now, it seems as though it were only yesterday. We were staying, Truett and I were staying with a pastor. He was kind of the lead pastor or the superintendent of a lot of churches across, evangelical churches across the country. I'm going to call him Reverend S because I don't want to say his name because his sons, who also carry his name, of course, are still working in communist countries as we speak, doing the work of the Lord and sometimes doing so illegally. But Reverend S, he lived in a flat. His home was a two-room flat plus a bathroom on the fourth floor of the building that had to be hundreds of years old. It was home to him, his wife, his four sons, and now Truett and I were moving in with them for a couple of days. During those couple of days, Pastor S. told me about the extreme resistance, the oppression from the Soviets, how they created rules directly aimed at disrupting and canceling any kind of church meetings and any advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, they'll make a law to stop us from doing anything for the kingdom of God, but we do it anyway. One day his wife suggested, it was the day we left, in fact, his wife suggested that Reverend S., Show me his back. Reluctantly, he removed his shirt. From his neck to his waist, his back was covered with layers of scars from beating upon beating upon beating. The charges against him were usually for organizing illegal gatherings, like the one I had spoken to, or preaching from scriptures that were deemed illegal by the state. I can hardly, I can hardly talk about this, I tell you honestly, without tears. Each night, we had peas and cheese and goat's milk for our meal. The goat was tied up near the entrance to the building. The peas happened to be what was ripe in a little garden near the, where the goat was tied up. And each night we knelt in prayer, knelt around the table, thanking God for the food we were about to eat and all of his many blessings. I didn't see many of his blessings. I saw hardship. I saw cruelty. The night before we left, Pastor S. told me to keep, to keep, focused on God. He said, Gary, sometimes I fear that America is only steps away from losing its freedom. And it happens subtly when people are distracted, misled, or forget God. I'll never forget that personal experience. I hope you will remember it as well. Steps away from losing our freedom. 
Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for your support. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009.